0: Having this conversation is about evening out the playing field. There are really good coaches out there who really help people and are really good at what they do, but they're not being seen because they're being clouded by all of this other stuff and it feels unfair. Hey, babe, welcome to the
1: Sales and Social Podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just wanna sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian, I'm your sales queen and your soon to be podcast BFF. and let's dive into today's juicy episode. What's up, babes? Welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be such a good episode, and I guarantee you, probably when you're probably going to go back and listen to a couple times. So Shayna, welcome to the show today. I'd love for you to tell my audience who you are and what you do.
0: Hey, everyone. So my name is Shana Recker. I have been an online business coach for since 2018. Uh, I'm also a graphic designer, a little bit of a tech whiz. I do Kajabi and Canvas stuff. Um, and I just basically help online entrepreneurs who are new coming into the space build that starter foundation for their online business. and
1: you and I actually met, we had a mutual friend that kind of connected us. And I feel like as soon as we met, we really kind of kicked it off. and we really kind of like wanted to be in each other's worlds. But I feel like it wasn't until really recently, that we were kind of like really pulled together and we started talking about some topics in the online space right now some of them being marketing some of them being unethical marketing mm-hmm. um and really just having our eyes kind of opened up to what's happening in this online space and as we were kind of talking in the dms and we were kind of like ripping back and forth we were like we need to like bring this out more like this yeah. should actually be a podcast episode this should be a podcast series right so uh-huh. we were like why don't we just get on zoom put our mics up and like, just have some real and authentic conversation. So I would love for you to kind of maybe dive into like where you were and where you are now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, it's funny because we were supposed to have a podcast interview before about something completely different. And then that didn't happen for whatever reasons, but I always think the universe is working itself out in the way it should be. This is the conversation we were meant to have. And this is probably such a more powerful conversation too, honestly. I totally agree. So For me, as you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I've learned a lot of different things uh, from different coaches. I've spent, I I mean, I even think about the money I've spent in online coaching over the past eight years. It's it's into the six figures Mm -hmm. and I, you know, everything that I was taught and everything that I was doing and everything that I teach my clients, you know, I thought was all okay. I thought this is the way we do it. This is how we do things. And I actually don't even know how I stumbled into learning about unethical marketing. I think it was because I was having a problem with a current coach that I had been working with and I was doing some research on that person and it led me to some information about unethical marketing practices and her name was widely used in that space. It was like that trigger moment where you're like, oh my gosh, like what have I been doing what have I been investing my time and my money into? And what am I teaching my clients that's not ethical? And so I literally started going down the rabbit hole of unethical marketing. I've been you know, listening to podcasts. I was listening to some YouTube stuff. And it really opened my eyes to things that I was doing that I was like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that this was not ethical. Uh, things that I was teaching. And really what I ended up doing was basically putting my entire business on pause. And I, w- I have current clients that I'm working with, and I've been t- super open and honest with them about the things that I'm learning and, and how I want to shift my business. And I'm kind of taking them, them on this journey with me, but I stopped accepting new clients because as a coach who helps new entrepreneurs come into the online space, I can't ethically teach them everything that I'm, I've been taught and everything that I've been doing because some of it, some of it's, it's not all bad, right? but some of it in the marketing side of things, I was like, oh gosh, like I can't, I can't teach this anymore. So I had to kind of pull back from everything and really just take some time to, to do my own research and really learn about what's right, what's wrong. And then how do I want to adjust what I've been doing and move forward? So I'm kind of in that void space of going, I don't really know exactly how I'm going to move forward quite yet, but I'm learning. And so- yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how we connected on this.
1: And there's so many things. One, I want to like, just stop and talk about one. It's like, you didn't know what you were doing. So that's, I think the biggest thing right now is like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in our world yet, right. You don't work with me or you don't work with Shana, or you're not working with someone who is in ethical training. Right, or or teaches ethical sales or ethical marketing, you most likely aren't doing it thinking that you're doing anything wrong. Yeah. It's like, it's all, it's just all you've ever learned. Right. And it's also like a lot of people who do come to me after they've kind of been in this world, it's like, they're like, oh my God, I feel so bad. Right. And air quotes that I was doing this, but it's like, you actually didn't, you didn't do it because you were trying to be malicious.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: You didn't do it thinking that you were doing anything wrong. It's just like, that's what you were unfortunately lured into. And then it was working well. So you just rinsed and repeated it.
0: Well, well, I implemented it, you know, had some results with it. And then like, this is, this is what worked for me. And I think because the coaching online coaching industry, like I think back to like 2016, 17, like it was, I always say, it's like the wild West. Like people were just like coming on and being like, Hey, we can do sell stuff online. Like, let's do this, figure this out as we go. And so I think there were just a lot of, unfortunately, bad habits or things that were, were picked up by people and they were teaching it without knowing, you know, and I think this is why this conversation is so important. It's not to shame anybody for what they've been doing. Cause like you said, we didn't know it's about creating the awareness. Like I'm so glad that I got woken up to what I was doing so that, that I can make a change. It's not about feeling bad. It's about going, okay, well, today's a new day. I get to make a new decision, you know? And so that's more about what this is about.
1: Yeah. And really like even letting your clients in on the journey with you, right. Yeah. It's like even saying that it's like, you could, because I know you run a very successful business and even standing in your own integrity and being like, Hey, I want to figure this out. I want to see what's going on. I want to see where I have been maybe falling short in some of these things. Yeah. And now it's like, I'm going to just kind of put a pause on this because you've been running a very successful business and you could have totally kept doing it and bringing in the income and bringing in the revenue. And like, Nobody would have known, but like, that just shows one, just who you are as a person and as a leader in this space.
0: Well, and, and something that I've always, you know, my, my very first podcast that I ever had was called keeping it real with Shane Wrecker, because I've always had that, like that thing with me. It's like, I I'll tell you exactly how it's going at all times. I'm always trying to keep things authentic, but this is just because the way that I've been. And so it's, it's like, I can't not talk about this with my clients because it, it just doesn't feel right. Like, it just feels like the right thing to do is just to have the conversation because they are new coaches coming into the space. And so like, even on our call today, we had our call today and they were asking about what I was going to remove from the, the, my program. And I was like, well, I've already removed this. I've already removed that, you know? And I'm like, because I don't want you guys to learn these things. So I took it out, you know, and here's why. And so, and I just said, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to look going forward, but just to know, like, this is what I'm kind of learning and and going through. So, and they appreciated that, you know, they just appreciated the honesty. Yeah. I was going to say, how have your clients and your community taken to that? You know what? Really well. I did a Facebook live. I have a, a Facebook community and I do these things called hot seat Mondays. And every other Monday I go live and answer coaching questions for the people in the group. And on the call we did a couple of weeks ago, I went on and I answered their questions. And then I brought this topic up and I said, you guys, I want to talk about something. And I just was sharing what I was going through and some of the things that I was learning about in the industry. And there was so many comments on that video just while I was live. And even after the fact of people thanking me Mm -hmm. and being like, I thought it was just me. And like, you know, I've seen this, but I wasn't sure. And like, you know, thank you so much for bringing this up and having this conversation. And that's when I realized that this is something that Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm going to like be an advocate full out for this yet, but it was just something that I was like, this is a conversation that needs to be had. And that's, that's, you know, but it's, here's the thing. It's a big, deep conversation. And I definitely am not the type I'm not the person yet to be able to educate on what actual ethical marketing is because I'm still learning and it is a very deep subject, Mm -hmm. but I can talk about some of the things that I have been woken up to Mm -hmm. and my awarenesses in the subject. So, yeah. And I definitely want to dive into that. You know, it's
1: really interesting. So, you know, just talking about even like that awareness, right. And that thing of saying like, oh, I thought it was, I thought it was just me. Mm -hmm. I've noticed so many people kind of coming into my world and they have this like fear, of asking questions. Yeah. They have this fear of like utilizing boxer. They mm. have this fear of asking questions in masterminds. And I've seen it more recently. Mm. Like when I first started out as a coach, I was like on Q&As, everybody was the first to raise their hand.
0: Mm.
1: And you know, I I would have like like open hot seat coaching and everybody was the first to raise their hand. And I've really seen this shift in like even in my coaching programs, even in my masterminds of like people not really wanting to raise their hands. And it was really with, like these new people coming into my world. And I would say like, hey, is everything okay? We have a hot seat question, you know, hot seat calls and you're not really asking questions. And they would say things like, I know, but like, I know that like, if you ask a lot of questions then you seem needy, mm. or I know that like, this is probably a basic question and other masterminds that I was in, it was like, you should already know this. Yeah. Or I know that I'm paying you for Voxer, but I don't want to seem needy and mm-hmm. like overstep boundaries. And I thought people are buying into programs and people are buying into services and they literally feel bad yeah. utilizing them. So yeah. that's what like really opened my eyes up is like, I was seeing people coming in and they almost had this like beaten wife syndrome. Like, yeah, hey, I want to be in your world, but like, I don't want to ask any questions and yeah. I don't want to bother you and all these things. And I was like, that was when I first started seeing it. And then I kind of went down the rabbit hole too of like, okay, this is like a thing. That people, that's happening. So I went on the other side of like, how are these coaches talking to these people? Mm -hmm. What is happening on the other side? And you know, I don't know if you know my story, but I invested in some of these coaches specifically to get Mm -hmm. in the rooms. Uh, I hired some of them on Boxer because I wanted to see like what the conversations were like. And again, it's not to shame any of them, but I wanted to be in the room. And I was like, oh, this is why they feel this way because this is what happens when you answer a question. Or this is what happens when you ask a Voxer and they don't answer it for 37 hours later because it's out of boundary. Right. Or, you know, you're getting this weird spiral question. So that's where I really started to see this like unethical marketing. And I was like, okay, this is why it makes sense. But I would love for you to share what were some of the key things that you started to see that were like eye openers for you?
0: Yeah. Um, And I I just to touch on what you're talking about there, just before I share some of mine is I've seen in the coaching space, things like, you know, if you have to ask me questions, this isn't for you. Like, Mm. you know, you know, like you should just, it's a, it's a vibe. It's an energy. It's a, you know, whatever. And I think that's the kind of um, the kind of marketing that's been used that gets people feeling like they shouldn't ask questions because it makes them feel shameful. Mm -hmm. You know, I should know these things. I should just know if I want to spend 10 grand on this program. And it's like, well, no, if you have questions, like you should be able to ask questions, right?
1: Yeah. I had a, I got a girl, she recently just hired me for boxer coaching and I'll never forget. And she's probably listening to this podcast and she's going to be like, oh my God, this is me. <laughs> but she literally slid into my DMs and she was asking me questions about my mastermind. And then she was like, okay, I'm not sure if this is the right fit for me. And I was like, okay, let me know what you need. And like a week later, she was like, I'm really, really sorry, but I just like I have some questions about your boxer too. And I was like,
0: Okay, Don't like, Saturday,
1: like ask me as many and literally ask me as many questions as you want. So like I asked her questions about boxer, and then she was like, okay, I know I'm being really annoying, but like I have some questions about your Voxer and I have questions about the mastermind. Like, can you just answer a couple more? And I was like, listen, this is a four figure investment. I will yeah. answer as many questions as you want and literally take your time. And she said that the way that I like approach that in the DMS made her feel so much better because exactly what she, what you just said, she was so used to people being like, if you don't know, then something's wrong with you yeah, yeah. or it's just a vibe and you're either in it or you're not, or like the people that ask too many questions, like what, like, there's just something wrong with you. Or it's like, because you're taking too long to make a decision, that's why you're not having like momentum in your business. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want people jumping in to investments with me because that's not who I want to work with either.
0: No, exactly. And, and that's the thing. I'm like, I, I'm i grateful when people are asking me questions about my programs, because that means that that's somebody who's interested in working with me. Yeah. And like yeah. you say, I'll go back and forth in DMs all day long and answer your questions. If you're trying to make, like, if you're making the decision to try and join a program or not, like, I I, I want to answer your questions. And I think, you know, for me, some of the things that I, and this is where I started even noticing, like, was I doing this myself was the shame-based marketing, like Mm -hmm. the marketing where, you know, I've seen people use the word idiot in a post, you know, uh, talking about other clients and and other people in their audience and the whole live on that one. Right. And, and like just, just like, if you're not doing this, then you're wrong. Or if you're, if you're doing things this way, then that's bad or, you know, stuff like that. And I just, and I was actually, I actually paid for a program Mm -hmm. that taught these things called, they're called thought reversals, where you're actually trying to manipulate somebody's beliefs and turn them around so that they buy from you. And I was like, I didn't realize in that moment that that's like really at the root of that, like you're shaming somebody for feeling a certain way and that they should know better and that you have the better solution for them. Yeah. And it's It's like like that mean girl in high school
1: Yeah, you really don't like her, but you also like want to be her best friend. And that's how I feel um, about, you know, the coach who calls their clients idiots. And you guys know who this is. I just did a whole live on this, but it's like, you almost like don't want to be in her world, but also like, if you're not in her world, you feel like you're not part of the cool club. Right. right. So there's like, there's this whole, like this whole thing
0: there's that. And then, um, and I think that, you know, cause I hear those kind of coaches as well who have made a lot of money talk about, you know, don't put coaches on a pedestal and all these things, but then it's almost like they put themselves on the pedestal being like, okay. I can't talk to you unless you pay me $8 million. You know, these are my boundaries. Like I'm special, you know, whatever. So there's that. And I think that is unfortunate because that's what also makes people too afraid to kind of reach out and talk to the coach because they feel like, Oh, I have to spend tons of money to be able to have that direct interaction with the coach. And it's like, if you're paying me, I will answer your questions. Like you don't know what I mean. And I think the other thing that this has always bothered me, even prior to learning more about ethical marketing is the use of luxury items and luxury in general as a marketing tool. And this is something that has always bothered me because I've seen people fake this stuff yep. in order to get the photos, in order to market themselves. And what really pisses me off about this is that it it targets vulnerable people who are in a financially hard situation, who look at that and go, "If I work with that person, I'll be able to buy those handbags and have those things and fly private." Yep. And so they invest because they think that that person has the secret. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you were to do a deep dive on those businesses, how many millionaires are you actually creating? Or is it just you that becomes the millionaire, right? That's been something that's always bothered me, but I was... I, I didn't talk about it too much. Cause I was like, is that me just being jealous? Cause I don't have that yet. Or do I, is this actually an unethical practice? And I have since discovered it's actually an unethical practice. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, that is so funny because recently I actually, I actually just had this conversation with my team. So recently there's a coach that I personally follow and she's always showing her car. And she's always showing her car. She's always in her car. She's always like it's a Porsche. Right. She's always showing her car. And it's like, oh, this is what you can do. This is what you can have. And like all the things. Right. And it's like she's literally using the Porsche to be like when you work with me or when you do things or when you're in my programs like this is like the lavish life that you have. And it's so interesting because I actually have a more expensive car. <laughs> like, yeah. I have a Range Rover, right? My car is actually more money than her. You guys never see my car on my stories, no. right? No. I literally look homeless 99% of the fucking time, right? So it's like I could literally be doing that exact same type of marketing, but like, I don't promise that you're going to have a Range Rover or a no. Porsche or a house or any of those things in like, It's just, it's just a vulnerable way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you just said. It's like people see that and then it's like, Oh, well, like I want to be that or I want to be part of that cool club or all of those things. And and I love what you just said. The majority of these coaches that are doing these things look at their client testimonials. You got to talk about this all the time. Where are they? Mm -hmm. How many millionaires have they made? How many six figure earners have they made? If they have. Thousands of people in their world, they should have hundreds of people getting successes. Exactly. All you ever see is their success, their stripe links, their houses, their shoes all the time. You can look at mine and Shana's stories any day of the week, any day of the week, and it's our clients' wins. Yeah. It's yeah. our it's our community's wins, right? That right there is the biggest red flag that I've ever seen because it's like you guys are making them the millionaires. Yeah. And I always say the best marketer will always win. They'll yeah. always win.
0: Yeah,
1: And I know that there's a coach particularly that you guys know I talk about all the time. You know, she lives in a very small town in Canada, Fire Redhead. You guys know who she is. And she literally rents out like other Airbnbs. She mm-hmm. rents out other hotels. She rents out other houses to go and take her photos. And the mm-hmm. reason that I know this because I have a client that lives down the street. And she mm. message me and be like, oh, my God, she's doing a photo shoot like down the street from me. This is like so funny. So it's like you guys are buying into so many things that like isn't even the right the right thing. And, you know, I had this conversation with my mentor, Chris Harder, and I, I had to like really get clear on this because he said, you know, you're really bothered by these coaches. Yeah. Like there's a real like annoyance that you have with them. So is it about the balloons? Is it about the stripe links? is it about the fancy cars or is it about their integrity? And I said, it's about their integrity. A thousand percent. Because he said to me, let me ask you a question, Jill. I have a car full of garages that I show on my stories. Are you triggered by him? I'm like, Nope. Yeah. He's like, my wife, Lori Harder shows all kinds of fancy balloons and fancy clothes. Are you triggered by him? I'm like, Nope. He's like, so the issue is not the things that they're showing. It's that the integrity of the person behind it. And I'll tell you what, that was such a light bulb moment that I had with Chris because I was like, that's what it is. It's not yeah. about the items. I don't care about your shoes, your clothes, yeah. your house. It's not about it's that. The person behind it because I know it's so unethical.
0: Well, and to add to that, and I totally agree, that's such a great analogy that Chris shared. Mm-hmm. Um, I when I think about it, it's because I, I look at that and it feels unfair. And, and I'm just going to say this, how it comes out, mm-hmm. because I, I'm really good at what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at helping people. I, I know what I'm doing for my clients. I get my clients' results, but I am not willing... to do the low-hanging fruit marketing in order to achieve success. So as um, one of the girls I follow, Ash um, Riley had said, when we're not willing to participate in those unethical marketing practices, we're leaving money on the table because we're not willing to do those things. So I don't have a six-figure month in my business. And you know, it's not solely just because I'm not using Louis Vuitton in my marketing, but I guarantee you, if I were faking my success Mm -hmm. in order to prove that I was somebody special, I could probably get there a lot faster, Absolutely. but I'm not yeah, willing to that do is. that. I'm not yeah. willing to do that. So yeah. and I, I know uh, for me, a lot of the mindset coaches that I've worked with have pushed this whole a belief of you need to step into this million dollar version of yourself before you get there, which means you need to invest in fancy clothes and fancy, whatever, and all the things. And I remember buying a Louis Vuitton bag, because mm-hmm. I felt I needed it. And I was like, oh, I had a good month. So I'm going to buy myself this thing. And I always felt awkward carrying it. It just always felt weird. I, I, I rarely ever, you, you can go through my Instagram if you actually see the video, if you <laughs> actually see that purse in a photo, I would be surprised. I brought it to one photo shoot once and I I still felt really awkward with it. And I finally sold it because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't even want this. Like I, th- I bought this for all the wrong reasons. And it just felt gross. I'm not against having nice things. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. I do love to have nice things. I'm against buying nice things for reasons of trying to market yourself to make yourself look like you're someone. Yeah. When you don't need that. Like you don't need it. And this is where it's like having this conversation is about evening out the playing field there are really good coaches out there who really help people and are really good at what they do, but they're not being seen because they're being clouded by all of this other stuff. And it feels unfair. Yeah. Yeah. I want to have this conversation.
1: No, it's it's so, 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 so true. And it's exactly what you just said too. It's like, I know that there are coaches who are less talented than me, that okay. are less marketable than me, that are less skilled than me, that are making ten times, if not a hundred times, more than me because they're willing to do the things that I'm not willing to do. Exactly. That, that bottom line. That that's exactly what it is. That they're they're willing to do the the marketing that doesn't feel in alignment. They're willing to sell people out of integrity. They're willing okay. to even just the whole being in that circle, I call it the circus. You guys know I talk about this all the time. Like I'm not part of the circus. Right. And I think the other thing for me was once I started to get my eyes opened to unethical marketing and who these people really were, I could not get farther away from it. I was like, I don't want to be tagged in a story. I don't want to be in a program. Like I don't want anyone to know I ever worked with these people because it's almost like in high school, right? Once you get a bad rap, it's like, you are part of this world. And I would, I'm now, you know, you and I follow the same person. Like, why don't you say something? And it's like, I now watch these stories and I'm like, Oh my God, there she is again. There Mm -hmm. she is again. There he is again. Right. And it's like, I would never want myself or even people to know who I've worked with to be part of that affiliation. Right. So even there was a coach that I was working with for a very short amount of time and she has not shown up yet on there, but she will because she's part of that monkey circus. And it's like, I quickly removed myself from that field because it was like, I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm part of that world because I'm not.
0: No, no. And, you know, here's the thing for some of these people out there doing this, some of them don't even know, you know what I mean? Like, and hopefully they'll wake up to it and make changes in their life and in their business. Um, But a lot of them are, are okay with it and, and are doing it and, and actually will, come at those of us who are talking about the unethics in marketing and say that we're just, you know, jealous or we're just this or we're just that. So, you know, it, it's it is kind of a weird spot to be in, but the other thing I was going to say is one of the other things that I am personally doing and I see this in the industry and I've seen this talked about is really looking at where are my actual skill sets? What am I actually trained in? that I am qualified to be coaching and where am I not qualified? So I just actually said this to my my students today, and you'll love this because I (laughs) brought you into this, Jillian. I said, you know, my skill sets are understanding the strategy and the technology of setting up your business. My skill sets are the graphic design. You know, I'm a creative problem solver. I'm really good at kind of figuring out how your program should look and all of those things where I'm not skilled and where I don't have formal training is in the marketing and the sales strategies. You know, my part is going to stop here. And then I'm going to recommend someone like Jillian, who's an expert in this for you guys to go and learn how to do sales. And so it's even that, cause I think there's a lot of coaches in the space who are, you know, maybe formally trained in marketing, but then now they're doing trauma coaching or they're doing mindset coaching and they're not formally trained in those things. They've read some books you know, I used to say that I was part mindset coach. I didn't go to school for any kind of subconscious, you know, any kind of training on that. i just read books and had my own experiences and thought that that was enough, Mm -hmm. but it's not, you know? And so recognizing some of that as well as, as some of the shifts that I'm making.
1: Yeah. It's huge. You know, I think a big part of that is maybe you get into these bigger programs, Right. Where at the top, right, the the top at the circus, they're teaching all of these things. So then mm-hmm. you think like, okay, well, I can teach content now and yes. I can teach mindset now and I can teach subconscious reprogramming and I can teach, you know, all these things. And then that's how even a lot of these offers are being created because they're just teaching, they're just reproducing all of the same things. And it's like, what is your skill really yes. in? And I always say that part of the reason why a lot of these coaches aren't getting their clients' results, they're just making a lot of money for themselves, is because when you aren't skilled in something, you can only regurgitate it. You don't. Yeah. You can't actually teach it, right? Yeah. Just like I'm not a tech person. Somebody asked me a tech question today. I was like, this is as far <laughs> as I can get you. Go to Kajabi.com. Here's my discount code. Come to me. <laughs> yeah, go see Shana, right? Like I cannot help you. So it's like, that is such a great example of like, when you try to be all the things, I think yeah. is what a lot of these coaches are doing because that's how they're making their money, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is like, They're just really teaching you a puzzle, a puzzle piece every week or every month. And that was the other thing that I really don't like about this space right now is that I feel like people are really just kind of teaching you bits and pieces of stuff. And even I started to see that in my own stuff. And I had to be like, okay, time out. Me too. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like that. I'm teaching something to someone for a week. And then it's like, okay, if you want the next thing, come along to the next thing. I was like, that feels gross. Yeah. I just give you like the whole fucking toolbox and come with me for six months and I'll teach you everything. Right. Yeah. Now, so even that I had to like stop and be like, okay, and, you know, I'll tell you, like my mentor, Chris Harder said, you know, I know that this other life, this circus life, this micro offers, all these things are super flashy, but it is okay. the number one way to burn out your audience.
0: Oh, and for sure.
1: Coaches will be gone in three, five years. He's like, not, will be gone,
0: and not only burn out your audience, but burn yourself out. Like I got burnt out because I got caught into that because the coach that I was working with at the time was teaching that mm-hmm. how you can just you know come up with all these different offers, and so I was like, well, that must be what my audience wants. Let's take pieces of what I know and start selling it individually. And I was like, each month I was like, okay, what am I teaching this month, and what am I going to? And it was like, it was just, it became overwhelming, and I was just like tired, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and here's the thing I want to say flat out, and I'm sure you'll agree with us too, is like, I'm not perfect. I'm not preaching this because I'm perfect. I have done a lot of the things that we've talked about already. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say like, I'm not innocent and I'm not, you know, like I have been guilty of these things, but yeah. it, it is a learning process. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we've got to stick to what it is that we are actually trained in. I think we bring in experts that, you know, if we want to have an expert come in on something that we don't know and really just like create a space where you can teach it all, you know, in one, one thing versus chopping it up into a million different, million different programs.
1: Mm -hmm. I know you and I have really gone down, like really learning more about ethical marketing. I know we've done some reading. We've listened to some podcasts. Where would you say someone who wants to learn more about this should really start?
0: Well, you know, the one account that I've been following is Ash Riley and she's um, Ash Rising on Instagram. That's where I've started, you know, really looking at her stuff. I've joined her Facebook community as well to just learn more, Um, obviously through um, Eva's account. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's it? What is it again? It's called uh, Why Don't You Say Something? Yeah. Why don't you say something? So that really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Uh, she's been really helpful in in learning. And then I, so here's the thing I will say, and I've been also looking for content on YouTube, uh, looking for people talking about this topic, but I will say I have, I, I keep myself distant. Like I, I will watch something, but I don't take it for gospel kind of thing. I listen and I just decide what I feel is, um, right and wrong, because I do feel at this point of the game, there are people who are starting to see a way to even have their own benefit from talking about this stuff. If you know what I mean, yeah. Yes. Um, so it's like looking at people who are coming at this from an authentic, like, I want to have this conversation space, not a, Hey, this is a great topic to get lots of views on my video. Yes. Uh, you yeah. know, so well, like, Hey,
1: I'm going to do a master class on this for $97. Who yeah. Wants Cause this inherit? is the
0: big topic right now. And so it's discerning between like w- who's in it for their own personal gain, but who, and who's in it for really just having the conversation. So, you know, I'm, I, I realize there's always two sides to every story. And I'm at this point, just really wanting to educate myself so that, as somebody who does help new entrepreneurs come into the online space, that I'm doing my best Mm -hmm. to help them learn the best and most ethical ways to start their business and then pass off what I'm not skilled at and not, you know, a pro at and, and, and pass it off to pros like yourself uh, when, when I'm kind of out of my realm sort of thing.
1: And I love that you said that We'll wrap this up with that, but I love that you said that, like, you know, we're definitely not perfect. And you guys, I've been guilty of so many of these things. I mean, even as something as simple as like the way that I set up one of my things on my membership, I was like, oh, well, that's how they do it. Yeah. It's working really good. And like, they don't have a contract and they said, I don't need a contract. So I'm just going to like, set it up on this like terms and condition page. And I'll tell you what, like I got burned on it. And Uh,
0: then I was
1: like, Oh, like there isn't an actual contract and this is, isn't how it's done. Right. But because I didn't know any better, I was just learning from someone who, again, that wasn't their zone of genius. She's not a contract attorney, right? She's not a trademark attorney. She was just like, Oh yeah, this is like how you do it. Right. I I learned that you should just send people PayPal Stripe links, PayPal links. That's not a great way to bring people into your business. Right. So Know that the way that we're able to talk about these things also is because we've learned, yeah, maybe we've done it the hard way. I know that I went back through a lot of my content and I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't have said it that way, yeah, that was a little triggering. Um, I'm gonna remove that post. Uh, there was a couple that I was like, okay, I should have been a little nicer the way that I said it, so while I'm digging deep into this, I'm also doing a lot of self-reflection yes. and saying things a little bit different or saying things a little bit, you know, not as brash. Um, and that is my personality. So I do to, I mean, that is who I am, yeah. but I've also seen like, okay, I saw like how people were marketing and I just kind of like took to that. And now I've seen like, okay, I see what that could feel that way to my community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I will just touch on one thing before we wrap Please. up the contracts, and I agree, like contracts and things like that need to be in place. And at the same time, we're human to human business, you yeah. know, and, and it, I've had contracts in place with clients where the client came to me a couple months in the program and being like, I don't think this is for me. I think I made a mistake. Is there any way I can, you know, be, you know, and I'm like, absolutely. She was on a payment plan. I'm like, absolutely. Like, you know, we had a couple of conversations just to make sure, but then I was like, I'm not going to make you continue to pay for something that you don't need or want and let them go. Like, yes, there was a contract in place, but you're also a human and I'm not going to force you to stay with something that you, so it's about having the boundaries and things in place, but also being human. And a lot of the coaches out there, they disregard anything that's, you know, if you're having issues financially, or if you're having issues or you you just don't want to be in that space anymore, because it doesn't align with you, that they're a hard no, you've signed the contract. And in fact, not only did you sign the contract, but if you want out, you actually have to pay more you money pay more to get out. Yeah. Right. And we're it's gonna, like, we're going to charge you to get out of the contract. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so like at the end of the day, like if we can just really be human and treat people with respect and dignity and You know, sure, have some of these things in place, but also have that flexibility to see people as humans and be ethical in that way. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, it's up to us to protect this industry. Industry will go down in like a burning fire bin of garbage if these coaches who are continuing to, to work in this way keep leading the game. And so right. it's up to us who see the things that need to shift to stand up and talk about them and make the changes, even though it's hard. It's hard for me. I'm basically having to shut down my entire business right now mm-hmm. to reevaluate and figure out how I want to move forward. That's not an easy thing to do, but I'm willing to do it because I want to protect this industry. So, you know, we have to we have to have these conversations and bring this stuff to light. It's not about finger pointing or no you know, any of that kind of stuff. It's just about, if we do want to have this industry going forward, we need to, we need to make the changes now.
1: Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, we have to, we have to be better for everyone because again, like if people continuously aren't having bad experiences or people are continuously getting burned or people are continuously not getting results for the people that are doing good, the people that do have good programs, the people that are in it, their clients aren't going to, aren't going to want to invest. They aren't going to want to feel good. Right. So you, like, The people who are going to do it right, you have to be there doing it because it has to give hope for the people that are doing it right. I had a client recently, another great story, you know, she got burned on a mastermind, a massive mastermind, $34,000. And it took her almost a year to invest in somebody else. So it's like, you know, people are hurting out there from bad investments. They're hurting out there from bad contracts. They're hurting out there from no refund policies. So it's like, you know, when you are a human and you are standing in your integrity and you're showing that there is still good in this space. It actually yeah. brings more life back to it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why this conversation that we're having and that I see other people starting to have are so important, so that we can clean up the space, clean up all the <laughs> the leaky energy things, and uh, and and move forward on in the right direction.
1: <laughs> okay. Shana, where can my audience find you?
0: Oh, uh, so on Instagram, I am Shana Recker on Instagram. And then my website, shanarecker.com. Uh, those are the two main spaces that connect you to all the things. So
1: amazing. We'll put all of her information in the show notes. I'm sure we'll have her back for a part two, maybe even a part three. Shana, <laughs> thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. It was absolutely so needed. Thanks, Jillian. Thank you so much for tuning into the sales and social podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.